the limey and the yank are gonna rock your day All the way from England to the USA The great song debate from yesterday and today The limey and the yank are gonna rock your way Spreading the love, spreading the joy With the music we play The limey and the yank are gonna rock your day all the way from England to the USA The great song debate from yesterday and today The limey and the yank are gonna rock your way Spreading the love, spreading the joy With the music we play You know what I think though? I think the pressure of having like you're only as good as your last hit song, your last hit movie. You're only as good as your last haircut, in my case, being a hairstylist. And you've always got to be reinventing it. You know, I think there's so much pressure when you do have a one hit song to come up with one. And I think the powers that be try and get that artist to bring out too much of a similar song. And you know what I mean. I totally agree with that one, even though I really can't stand having to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a good no, point. Like, sometimes you, you, you go, the... it's the same song, only with different lyrics, yeah. almost, because you still want to keep that sound or that unique sound that the artist or the band have come up with. But I think the ones that excel is to say, I'm not doing that one again. I'm doing something totally different and unique. And I'm still going to send it in my own way. But just but imagine gonna... that pressure because your record label is going, look, the, the numbers tell us that more of the same is going to bring in the money. And at the same time, you're going, my fans say they love this thing. And so I should do more of this thing. But should I really? Because I'm still an artist with a vision and ideas. And maybe they don't want the same thing again. And it'll just fall flat. And we know that happens. There are songs where it's like, oh, oh, that's just like the last one. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. If it doesn't ring your bell, it's like we said. Oh, and talking about... <laughs> I know where you're going already. <laughs> talking about ringing your bell. Anita Bell rang somebody's bell, but she only rang it once. He just said she, that he needs a bell. She couldn't ring that bell again, man. What's up with that? <laughs> Let's play a little bit. You can ring my... I won't sing. I won't put you off your cornflakes or your porridge. But here you go. Anita, you're one hit. still use it in commercials today yeah which is really awkward because you're like I, i'm not sure i want to buy what you're selling if it's all about my ding dong and ringing the bell hey let's <laughs> don't be talking about your dingaling or ding your ding dong, ding dong. Ding but you know if your hit's big enough if your hit's big enough all you need is one and you can retire for life see that's what i keep saying if the hit's big enough why complain 
That's right. You've got to check in the mail once a month. I think we're talking about two different things. Okay. <laughs> He's wicked. I'm hey. going to steal American one. Here's a, here's a great American oh, one-hit wonder. Again. The floater. <laughs> and, what? No, no, the floater, and Ew. it was called Float On. I don't know what was floating. I don't know. It could have been... Uh, uh, baby Ruth bar in the uh, <laughs> in oh gosh you're going the caddy shack route <laughs> I'll leave that to your own discretion Remember it's okay it? everybody really it's and okay and they all jump into <laughs> the zodiac hi I'm Larry float float on <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about I gotta admit I don't know this one alright it's the floaters I just call float on and I'll leave it up to the audience discretion of what they think but they didn't they didn't float on to another hit. So here we go. Uh, a little taste of the floaters floating on. Miss Universe. We all float down here, and you'll float too. <laughs> Scary clown. So you, so you never heard of that before? <laughs> no, what year was that? That was 1977. It sounds 70s. All right, make it, really it quick does. or else I'm going to steal oh, another one. Oh, I got one. 70s. It's my turn. Hey, you know what? This is a great one because so many people are going to go, oh, yeah, i totally forgotten about that one-hit wonder. And at the same time, they're going to know this woman from a lot of other stuff. And that is... From the 70s, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Lawrence. He looked through the screen at the back porch door And he saw Andy lying on the floor in a puddle of blood And he started to shake Where the Georgia Patrol wasn't making their rounds So he fired a shot just to flag him down And a big belly chair grabbed his gun and said, why'd you do it? Oh, check that out. You knew that, right? You recognize that one. That is it's such a beautiful <laughs> song, man. And so unique and different. It makes you want to cry. I mean, it's so emotional. You would think coming out with a song like that, you'd be able to bring out some really good newer stuff. Well, well she did all sorts of other stuff. I mean, at that point, she went on to do... Vicki Lawrence went on to do so many great things on TV. She was in comedy. She was on The Carol Burnett Show. She was on Mama's Family. She was a little too busy to go doing another one-hit wonder thing. And then she wouldn't even be on this show. So thank goodness for the Carol Burnett show. Without that, we would be completely missing some important content here. <laughs> it's not about content. And that's got nothing to do with one-hit wonders except for her. 
Well, I'll let you rub it on if you want. Sure. Speaking of the 1970, I'll take another one. I'll do two because he just told me I could ramble on. And that wasn't a Led Zeppelin reference. So I'm going to tell you about Wild Jerry. Play that funky music. I love that. Play that (laughs) funky music, wild boy. A disco staple if ever there was one. I love it. They disappeared, you're right. Yep. This episode of The Limey and the Yank is sponsored in part by Seven Seas International, providers of responsibly caught, sustainably fished salmon. Look for the Biltmore brand salmon at your local grocery store. Thank you for listening. Um, all right, seeing you're talking about that kind of thing. Now that I lay down the boogie, you can play that funky music till you die. Please continue. <laughs> this is something that you don't have the knack, the knack of things. <laughs> Remember the knack? <laughs> m- 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 you know, the stutter? M- 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 my Sharona. <laughs> that is a great catchy tune. Remember that, folks? Not only do I remember that, but I was living in Connecticut at the time, and so I was listening to New York City radio, and you can imagine New York City's a big radio market, so that song was on continuously, and everybody loved it. And I got a funny story about that, because one kid that, that was in class with me had a birthday, and he said, I want the album by The Knack. I think the album was just called The Knack. And had my Sharona, but they were, he was like, I want that album with that song. And every kid gave him a copy of that record. There were like eight wrapped up copies of that record because that's all he wanted. And boy, if he wanted eight of them, he got it. <laughs> all right, not so. I think the audience are tired of listening to you talk. <laughs> you, you know, it keeps on going on and on. But have we I'm, played my Sharona? Did I don't do know. That? You can didn't you stick it in, in in between your talking. No. I don't know. I forgot which one you talked so long. I forgot which one you were talking it's the about. Knack with my Sharona. That was a good pick of that, wasn't it? Good. All right, this is what, and it's so great, and everybody remembers the video. I'm sure all you folks, especially you guys that were addicted to MTV in the 80s. Who wasn't? Come on, I swear. Oh, I couldn't recognize that. You're talking about Dexie's Midnight Runners. Yeah, Dixie's. What were they running at midnight about? What? Were they just big into jogging? Did they all wear tracksuits? I love that video of y'all had the bib and brace on and they were all bouncing around. And it was such a great tune. 
even though the the guide was didn't have really a fantastic voice in my opinion it was just like a great tune you know what's interesting he has that kind of like slightly whale quality to w-a-i-l slightly wailing quality to his voice like robert smith from the cure anyway that was another one hit wonder and i guess the list goes on well let's play a little bit Some of you remember that, and some of you won't admit that you remember that, and some of you have no idea what that was, and you're like, what am I hearing? Is that a banjo? So, folks, <laughs> give us your opinions on why we have One Hit Wonders, and share some of the favorite ones that you enjoy. We'd love to hear from you, and I'm sure everybody's got their own opinion, why they make it. And why they don't. Hey, I've got one that I want to bring out that's a totally different decade, just so that we move around. It's not all 80s or 70s. But on the subject that you mentioned about how a, an artist can go, what am I going to follow that up with? I'd like to bring up Crazy Town. Crazy Town came around at a point in time where pop and rap and a little bit of R&B, they'd all kind of mixed together a little bit. But people still liked the kind of rage rap that you'd have from Lincoln Park and Rage Against the Machine. So that kind of fused together. And Crazy Town did this kind of rappy tune called Butterfly. Let's hear a bit. So sexy, almost evil, talking about butterflies in my head. I used to think that happy endings were only in the books I read. But you made me feel alive when I was almost dead. You filled that empty space with the love I used to chase. And as far as I can see, it don't get better than this. So butterfly, here is a song, and it's sealed with a kiss. And the thank you, miss. Come and dance with me. Come and dance with me. So there you go. And the thing about it is, after that hit, there was not anything else on that album that was a hit. And they released another album called Dark Horse. And they were like, oh. We came out with this sound that was so much like Linkin Park that when Linkin Park came out, no one wanted us. There was an interview with the lead singer said that after their second album came out and didn't sell very well. You know what's so sad is when somebody has a hit and then not only do they have to come up with a new hit, in between they make an album and all the songs on the album stink. Oh, so bad, yes. But they want to get it out there to maximize the success so they can sell as many songs as they possibly can and they rush it out. And boy, can you tell it's rushed when that happens. You know, I think what they probably do, though, is is when they produce songs, they go, okay, I got this much studio time, I got this much budget, I need to do this many songs on the album, I'm going to go ahead and get all of them finished, and then I'm going to go back and do that little 
magical re-records or polish or whatever needs to do to produce my favorites. And whichever one of those favorites I think is the has the best potential, that'll be my best foot forward and probably the first song on the album. Because sometimes you you fire up an album and you listen and it just the whole album starts to go downhill the closer it gets to the end. You know my analogy on that for what I think? I think people don't have enough time to bring out the creative juices and bring out that passion and excitement and determination and and taking the time. Because sometimes, like all art, it takes longer. And if it's rushed sometimes, you can't produce that perfect song that you're allowed to do because you're on a, a time limit. And artists, no matter what field in art you're in, sometimes you just can't rush it. You know what? I've got a perfect example, and it's not a one-hit wonder, but it is a timeless song that not only does everybody remember, but it keeps coming back, and that's the song Africa by Toto. If you listen to that today, 30 years later, when things have changed so much about production and speakers and the ability to reproduce sound, it still sounds gorgeous. When I was at Panic at the Disco last year, and they were getting ready to start the show, they played Toto's Africa over the PA system, and everybody was just warmed by it. They just loved that beautiful sound. And it's because they spent that time in the studio plugging away, getting it just right. So all you did then was take away everything that I reinforced, and you took it, and you said it in your own (laughs) American lingo, whatever that is. But that, that is true, mate. And I tell you, to be honest, I thought that's one of my favorite songs. It was absolutely unbelievable. And come to think of it, I think you're exactly right. They never did have another hit. Hey, kids, time to go for now. But don't forget, you can always find us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter. And you can stop by our YouTube channel, where we've put playlists together of all of the episodes and the seasons. So you can let those roll and have a lot of fun reliving your memories with the original, full versions of the songs. We also have the website, thelimeyandtheyank.com, where you can go download MP3s of your favorite songs from Amazon. We really appreciate you listening to the show. And the most important thing to us is please keep sharing with us your stories, your memories, your favorite songs. Give us feedback. Tell us how we're doing. And please do keep tuning in wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. 